Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we begin a new series on financial fitness, getting your finances in shape and experiencing the financial freedom God intends for your life. Today's message is called Reality Check. This is Real Life Radio. I want to suggest to you any improvement in any area of life begins by defining reality. In fact, they say one of a leader's primary jobs is to define reality. If you're going to be the leader, you've got to say, okay, here's where we are. No, no candy coating, no rose-colored glasses. Here's where we are. That's where we want to be. Tell the truth straight up. And this is where we're going to go, and this is how we're going to go. That's what a leader has to do. So you want to, do, you want to have leadership in your own life and your finances. You have to start by defining reality, and that's what this is about. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's economy. Some of you say, well, what if I'm not a believer? What, what if I don't believe any of this? I mean, I don't... You know, well, become one. You can be forgiven of sin. That's what Jesus made provision for on the cross. You can say, Father, please forgive me. You don't have to walk in guilt and condemnation. You can say, Lord, come into my life. I want your blessing. I want your presence. You can simply say, Father, please forgive me. I need, I receive that gift that Jesus made possible. And more than just forgiving the sins of my past, come into my life now and lead me into a different kind of future. I want to live according to your realities. You can do that today, and I want to challenge you to do it. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, it is that simple. Pray a simple prayer. And mean it. And say, Lord, it's all yours. I don't want my own way. I turn towards yours. And I receive you. Scripture says immediately, become a new creation. But even if you don't believe, even if you choose not to, here's the deal. On one level, it doesn't matter. You don't get to pick an alternate creator in creative order. It's still God's law. And God's truth is real regardless of our opinions. You ever known someone who was... Ungod- I've known people who have no real godliness in them. They, they, they no interest in that. But somewhere, they, someone taught them biblical financial behaviors and biblical orders of handling finances. And I've watched them be blessed. Scripture says God tra- causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The unjust farmer, if he works in concert with God's principles, he's going to get the produce that God created in his creation. Well, the same thing is true with financial. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's creation. And I want to share six realities real quickly here that cannot be avoided and that are articulated in this story. The first one, very simply, it's all God's. It's all God's. Say that with me real quick. It's all God's. I'm glad you were able to say it because when you stop and think about it, Psalm 24, 1 and 2, the earth is the Lord's and all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. That's what Jesus is trying to say. It's the masters. What we have has been entrusted to us. This is the beginning of understanding financial dynamics that God created. And really all of life. Finances is just one area, one illustration. But it is a powerful and regular illustration in Scripture because it is one we'll understand. Last week, Jerry talked with us about uh, God being the team owner when he talks about the church. And it was a great illustration of, well, God's the team owner. Right? And we all like that. Because they're like, yeah, pastor, you better remember this is God's team, not yours. <laughs> you step up there on your platform. We know how you are. Right? And it's true. It's a very good thing for me to remember. This is God's. 
This is his. But so is my house. Because I'm his. So are my cars, my kids, my grandkids. It's all God's because I'm his. The earth is the Lord's. And by the way, I'm using me as an illustration because this is me being gentle. But bottom line, so is all your stuff. My wife says I need to be more sensitive. This is me doing it. How's it going? (laughs) So is all your stuff, your house, your company. It's God's. You want proof? Try to take it with you when you leave. You came in with nothing. Job says, naked I came in. Naked I'm going to leave. You came in with nothing, you're leaving with nothing. It's all 70, 80 year loan. This is the beginning of understanding finances, folks. It truly is. And what's funny is we, we kind of, when it comes to ownership and God's the owner and, and His way is right, we, we kind of, in other areas, I think, have a little easier time with this, like with our marriage. I know if I want to get along better with my wife and I want to bless her and I want a better marriage, i got to do it God's way because He created the thing. Okay? He owns us. I, I, it's like I embrace that. If I want to be a better parent, the Word will tell me how to do that. I've got to be selfless. I can't drive my children to wrath. I have to, I have to work at being a parent who honors God in my parenting, and I get that. Something happens when we talk about money, though. We get, like, twisted sideways. And it's true. Something breaks down. And all of a sudden, we want to become the owner. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. I arrive with nothing. I leave with nothing. It's all a 70, 80, 90, however long year loan. Second reality that we cannot avoid is God loans all of us resources to manage. He loans all of us resources. No exceptions. Notice everyone doesn't get the same. Isn't that interesting? Some of you go, that's not fair. Why does that guy get five? It says according to their ability. He had the ability. It would be unkind to expect someone who didn't have the ability to handle and multiply and use wisely resources that they didn't have the, the ability to manage. He did it according to ability. One of the guys got one talent. That was great. One got two. One of them got five. But the point is they all got something. And I want to challenge you this morning. We all have resources. Every one of us. We all have resources and we are called by God to make the most of them. We all have time. We all have talent. And we all have treasure. Every one of us. No exceptions. And I know this is true. You might say, well, I don't have anything. And if I had what that guy has, boy, then I would really do it. If I had what they have, they, they have so much, and I just have nothing. And so you think somehow this doesn't apply to you. Wrong answer. I know you have resources. You at least have the clothes on your back because none of you are sitting here naked. Thank you for that, by the way. You probably have an apartment or a, a house or a place to live. You may have transportation, a car. You may have more. You have resources. And it never works to start and say, well, when I get that then I'll be wise with it. Then I'll be generous. Then I'll be faithful. Do you know that doesn't work? Ever? If you're not wise, generous, and faithful with what you have now, you will not be when you get more. More does not somehow make you all of a sudden better. This is not about money. You understand that? This is about our heart. This is about what's going on in here. Money is just a powerful, mathematical, present way for us to test and work on our heart. See, this is called stewardship. Do you understand what that stewardship, that idea? 
That means I've been entrusted something and I'm managing and caring for someone else's things. If God's the owner, I'm the steward. That's what it means. And by the way, this is, we'll talk more about this in, in one of the other sessions. This is one of the most freeing things. When you really get this in your heart and embrace this with joy and stop fighting it. Because right now some of you are still fighting it. You tell me, I don't know my, my, my stuff. The minute we stop with that, stop that, and start going, okay, God, it is true. It was here before me. It's going to be here after me. I, I'm, I'm here for a time. Okay, what do you want me to do with it? All of a sudden, it sets you free in a totally different way. It opens you up to possibilities. It also addresses this stewardship, ownership thing. The problem with the ownership thing is it leads to a very common paradigm in our culture, and that is every dime I make is mine to consume. Every dime I make is mine to consume. I don't know where you got that, but it was not through the Scripture. It was not through the Scripture. Stewardship says no. God does want me to meet the needs of my family. Scripture says a man should earn his own bread by the work of his hands, and if he doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So God wants your resources to be used among other things, to meet your needs. But that's not all. He wants to give you enough resources to where your needs can be met. Your family can be fine. But not only that, you can now become a blessing. You can become a player on the bigger stage, if you will. You can get into the action, get into the mission of the kingdom. You can start making a difference. Some of those things that we shake our heads and go, somebody should do something. What if God wants you to be enabled? And you're just too much a slave to finances to be able to do that. Stewardship is the secret and the key to being set free. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's economy. And this is one of the primary realities, stewardship. Number three, and this is a little uncomfortable. You're like, we haven't got the uncomfortable part yet. No, this is where it dials. This is where it really gets going. Uh, We will give an account. Jesus makes crystal clear because that's the part of the story that is literal. Okay. The talents and all that, that's a parable. He's telling us stories. He's, he's taking eternal truth and using a story that we would understand to be able to relate to and making applications. But the part that there will be an account, that's very literal. In other words, think about it. There will be an audit. Oh, and if your stomach wasn't kind of turning, now it will. He talks about one day we will stand before the Father. It is the nature of stewardship. 2 Corinthians 5.10 states it quite plainly. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Yet each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is not metaphorical here. One day, there will be a conversation with Father, and he'll say, what would you do with what I gave you? What would you do with what I gave you? I'm talking about the white throne judgment where the sinners will be separated. Those who rejected Jesus will be separated from those who embraced Jesus. We don't participate in that because we're covered in the blood of Jesus as when we are followers of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the judgment seat of Christ that the Scripture talks about plainly. There will be that conversation. What did you do with the time, the talent, and the treasure that I gave you? By the way, remember what we started out with. How you view Father, His character, His nature, how He views you, will very much determine how you receive what I just said. God has given you gifts, intellect, resources. And the question is, what are you doing with them? And one day we will answer that. Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God, an account. And we want to take a quick break to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page 
at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to this reality check on your financial fitness. This is Radio for Real Life. I have to tell you, one of the challenges that I have in finances, and we all have different ones, okay? I'm not a person who needs a lot of expensive or fancy things. I never have been. I like my freedom. Okay, that's my deal. I like to be carefree. And I think there's something, I think there's something godly in that. The Lord has given me a freedom in that. But there's also, understand, any gift, (laughs) when it goes in the flesh, it becomes a double-edged sword. Do you know what the other side, the flip side of that is? And this is the part where I'm convicted and I have to be very careful. Um, It's good to be carefree. It's not good to be careless. Being careless with the resources God has given, my time, my talent, and my treasure, is not godly. It is not wise. In fact, it borders on burying it and saying, I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to be bothered. I just want to live free, God. And God says, I want you to be free too. But I also have a mission and assignment and I've gifted you with things and I want you to leverage them for something eternal because I know in that the kingdom will be blessed, the world will be blessed, and my son, you'll be blessed. Don't be careless. Because one day there will be an account. And that's why accounting, that's why that idea that we will stand before Father and answer is good for us. Helps keep us accountable. You know, maybe we don't like that, but it's really good for us. Principle, truth number four. God gives me what I have to use. He expects me to use it. He expects you to use what he's given you. Your resources, your money, the things you have are tools to be used. Not stockpiled, hoarded, or squandered. I've heard it said that money's a lot like manure. If you spread it around, it fertilizes and makes things grow. But if you pile it up, it just starts to stink. I grew up around horses. That's very true. It's just true. Just in case you wondered the accuracy, no, it's true. In other words, your money, your resource is to be used. Did you notice how God spoke to the servant who buried his talent? You wicked, slothful, lazy servant. Doesn't that seem a bit harsh for a guy who didn't kill anybody? He didn't steal it, use it on himself, and, and leave town. He just was afraid and would rather not mess with it. This is serious. And in American culture, this is very serious, and it's so counterculture and against the grain, we got to wake up and understand this. Wicked, lazy servant. He called him. 
God expects us to make the most of what He's given. And as His servants, we're supposed to invest in the things that are near and dear to the heart of our Master, our Father. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, He has some ways that He designed for that to happen. I want to introduce you to a concept. We'll talk more about it in coming weeks. But uh, we tried to train our kids early on that this, if you'll do this financially, you will experience the blessing of the Lord and you will have plenty and you will be able to be a significant player in the kingdom of God. And it's simply 10, 10, 80. 10, 10, 80 with your finances. First 10% goes to God. That's called the tithe. From the day Lori and I got married, we practiced tithing. We, we knew it. We understood it. It's all God's. 100%, but there's a principle in Scripture. We'll talk about it a little more in one of our other talks, but, but basic principle in Scripture that says 10%, the first 10% belongs to God. Very important principle. That's why I said 10, 10, 80, not 80, 10, 10. Give to God first, 10%. To the mission of the kingdom and the fellowship where you're planted. That's what the tithe is. And so pay God first. The second 10 is savings. In other words, pay yourself Second, 10, 10, 80. Savings is where you begin to develop this understanding that I'm going to need resources for things that God wants me to do. I'm going to need resources for unexpected things. I'm going to need resources for the day when I'm too old to continue to earn at the level that I earn now. It's an understanding that that's going to happen. And you put away for that purpose. That money becomes a pad, and all of a sudden you realize, you know what? I never need to use debt. Because when I really need something, I have the resources. And you know what? When when all of a sudden a need comes up, one of your neighbors, something in the kingdom ministry, something somewhere you go, man, somebody should do something. I'd love to. Oh, wait a minute. Father, do you want me to use some of your resources that we have available, ready? Yep. And you can give. You can be a part of the kingdom. You can be a part of what God wants you to do. So 10, 10, pay God first. Second, pay yourself second and your operational expense for the kingdom. Third is live off the 80. Live off the 80. Like, I could never do that. Well, here's the deal. I have so many people tell me, I, I would love to tithe because they hear, you, you get a tither, they won't shut up about tithing, Right? I've had people, multiple people this weekend come up and they tell me about tithing because they knew I had talked about it. And they're fans because they've seen the reality. Tithing is all about God saying, I will do more with the 90% than you could do with 100. It's all mine. 100% is mine. But you give me that first 10%. I will multiply the remaining 90% more. We will do more, more blessing, more freedom than you could do with 100%. And you're like, well, God, I'm very smart. I know you're God and all, but come on. You think you can outdo me, God? Please. I mean, think of how silly it is to, to not recognize what he's able to do. The problem is, people who come to me and say, well, I can't tithe. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. They've missed the most important point. Tithe first. Tithe first, then pay everything else. Yeah, but it wouldn't work. Okay, well, you're saying God can't multiply your resources. He can't lower your expenses. God can't move on your behalf. Well, if that's your perspective, then you're probably right. I just have a very different perspective and a very different experience. God can, and he will, and he promises to. So the secret is to pay God first. And I want to challenge you, and this is hard. This is one that I wrestled with and struggled with, and I've stumbled and some days done better, some done others. Pay yourself second, and then live off the 80. And next week we'll tell you how to do that. 
Because that's the part where most people go, how do I do that? Well, the Bible teaches us how to do that. And it's actually simpler than you think, not necessarily easy. But we'll talk about that next week. He gives us our resources to use, and this is a way to do it. And and it's scary thing about this story, if you don't use it, you lose it. We understand that with other things. If I physically don't exercise and stay physically active, I will diminish in my ability to do physical activity. We know that, right? If I have a skill, athletic skill, musical skill, if I don't work on it, use it, and keep it active, sharp, I will lose it, correct? My mind, if I don't read and stay, stay active with my mind and keep challenging and stretching, my mind will get dull compared to where it was. It's the same thing with your money, and Jesus illustrated it perfectly. You don't use it, you will lose it. And he wants, he wants to give you resources so that you can be a player in the mission of the kingdom. He wants to give you enough to meet your needs abundantly and to have extra to give and be a part of what he's doing all around us. Neglect leads to deterioration. Fifth principle, real quickly here, fear is not your friend. This is so huge. This may be the word of the Lord for some of you this morning, so I want you to hear this. Fear is not your friend. Do you notice the reason that the the unfaithful steward gave? He said, well, I knew what you were like, blah, blah, blah. gave this false image of the master. And then he said, and I was afraid. Fear is never your friend. In fact, most money mistakes are made out of fear. You need to understand this. We get into too much debt, we get into debt, and we kind of build it up and kind of get... Why? Why are we spending money that we don't have? Because if I don't get that, then... Fill in the blank, that's fear. Why can't you wait till you have the money? Well, because if I don't get it today, then... Fear. Or maybe there's some who maybe have a lot of money, and you're terrified to give it, to be generous... To invest it in the kingdom, invest it in other things. Because, well, if I do, then I won't. Fill in the blank, that's fear. Most stupid things that we have done regarding money in our lives, and we probably all have funny, stupid things we've done for money stories, are basically rooted in fear. Fear is not your friend. And we're going to talk about that. There is such freedom in faith-filled stewardship. One of the best things that when we get this, and we really start to work this, it will remove your fear. And you realize, I don't have to be afraid. This money thing, this is not primarily about money. It is deeply personal. Do you understand? Money is how we meet our needs. And thereby, because of it, it is very closely linked to our worship. Because what we, where we go to meet our needs is what we worship. Think about pagan worship. They would make idols. And what would they ask the idol for? Good rain, good harvest. Good, if they, need, they would bow before these idols because they needed their provision. God gave us needs, and they were designed to draw us to Him in worship. Where we go to meet our needs is what we worship. And so this is very closely connected to worship, idolatry, all of these things. That's why money is such a tough issue. That's why it's I can understand God's principles when it comes to my marriage, my kids, all these other things. But when it comes to money, fear steps in. And I'm tempted to go worship at these other altars, thinking that maybe they'll be more secure and safe. Financial fitness begins by accepting the reality of God's economy. Last thing, I'll wrap with this. God rewards faithful stewardship. I love that part. We'll end with the great news. Do you notice those stewards who are faithful, how God said, well done. I mean, it it, it was Jesus in telling the story went overboard. Well done, good and faithful servant. 
Enter into your master's joy. Then listen to what he said. You've been faithful with little. I'm going to make you steward. I'm going to give you responsibility over a lot. Do you know God wants to do that? He wants to reward you. He wants to commend you. And he wants to make you someone who he can entrust with more resources. That is a very biblical idea. Not so we can consume it, but so that we can kind of be a player on this big kingdom of God in the world today scene. And he wants that for you. He wants to grow your capacity. He wants to bless you with greater resources. He wants to reward you with blessing. So my question for us is, when it comes to God and your money, where are you? Are you hiding out? Are you burying it? So he won't see? Whenever we talk about finances in church, you get your fingers in your ear, la, 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 la. Oh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't hear. How could I know? Money is one of the prime indicators of the status of your relationship with God. It really is. That's why scripture talks about it so much. How we're doing in our money is often a reflection of how we're doing in our trusting God. Because the thing we are most tempted to trust as an alternative to Father is money, our resources. And I just want to say, if God's not Lord of your money, He is not yet Lord of your life. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.